When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. The bull market lives on. Yes, that's true for the stock market, but of course I'm talking today about silver and gold. You know, earlier this week I I put out a podcast talking about how it appeared that silver and gold were were due for a breakout in one direction or another. Of course, I, I expected, and I said in that podcast, to the upside... And, and that's what we saw yesterday and then finally today with, with gold soundly moving above 1500 and silver above $18. Now, granted, of course, I'm recording this after market close here on Friday, and they did finish the week below their, their daily highs. However, silver did finish right around $18 an ounce, gold slightly above 1500 an ounce. Is this the highest they've been over the last couple of months? No. I mean, we saw silver above, I think, $19 at one point. Gold uh, up around $15.40, $15.50. However, for the past few weeks, it is, uh, well, that's not how the markets have looked, right? We've seen gold really struggling to, to keep pace with $1,500, falling below that quite a few times, uh, but finding support around $1,480, $1,485. And that's sort of what I said in my, my recent podcast that, hey, things aren't obvious and the momentum we saw earlier in the year is not necessarily there at this point, but they're hanging in there. And honestly, I mean, should this come as any surprise? Given the recent events in the, the short-term funding markets, the Federal Reserve and their actions, etc., and of course the moving the dollar to the downside... No, this really shouldn't come as any surprise whatsoever. The Fed, and I don't want to talk too much about the Fed because I feel like I talk about them so much as of late and, and all of their funding operations. But the Fed is, you know, on the path to QE infinity. They've already started quantitative easing, not to mention uh, a seemingly constant increase in the amount of, of liquidity that they're putting into the system through their their repo operations. This is dollar bearish. Is it any surprise that they're sort of getting what they're they're looking for or, or what it would seem that they're looking for? And that is a lower dollar. And so with silver and gold finding that support and then moving up, we shouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Never mind the fact that, yeah, I'm pretty confident that this is it for silver and gold, that this is the bull market that we're in right now. And I wasn't expecting a significant drop in the first place. To, to see them move up today was was encouraging and it uh, it, it sort of confirmed uh, some of the things I was talking about earlier this week. Now, with that being said, yeah, it's a bull market, but it is still a bull market for equities, for the stock markets, at least here in the United States, with uh, the S&P above 3,000 here at weekend. In fact, it was pretty darn close at one point to basically being at the highest it's ever been in on an intraday or you know during the day type basis now (laughs) 
I don't think it'll come as a surprise to any of you that I, I think that the bull market in, in the stocks are is uh, much, much closer to its end than the bull market in precious metals. You know, right now, if, if we're going to compare stocks to precious metals, I'd compare stocks, or sorry, precious metals right now to where stocks were in 2010, right? Or 2002, or 1988, or whatever. You know, quite a ways away from the end of, of, of this bull market. We're just getting started. In fact, this is only week 54, I think of this bull market in, in precious metals, that, that series that I'm continuing to work on here. You know, only a little over a year in to this bull market for silver. Same thing goes for gold. And I think we're just getting started. Uh, so that's encouraging. Now, numbers to watch for silver and gold. Uh, obviously, keeping $18 for silver and 1500 for gold is is significant. Finding support there and, and continuing to move up is significant. Not to say that it's game over if they drop below it. I won't be surprised by that at all. Uh, below that for support, again, for gold in particular, I'd be watching uh, 1480 in that ballpark, even 1470. Below that, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll find a test of 1450 of maybe 1400. I don't see that in the future, though. To the upside, the numbers that I would be watching for gold would be around that 1525 uh, or even where it found some resistance today, maybe 1520. Uh, and then further up from there, you know, it's it's highs this year, which I believe are in the 1540 or 1550 range. After that, it's 1600. And, and you know, after that, it's there's not a whole lot of resistance beyond that. And, you know, to, to 17 or 1800, whatever. For silver, I would be looking at uh, the round 1850 and then 19. And then after that, $20 and 2150. Those are kind of some key resistance levels that would come to mind without doing a super technical technical analysis. After that, you know, just like with gold, it's it's a lot of room above that for both silver and, and gold once we hit those, those levels in terms of resistance. Now, another thing that I wanted to follow up with this week beyond just precious metals is China. You know, earlier this week, I put out a video talking or podcast about China and their continued uh, economic weakness. In fact, I, it, last Friday, they had their quarter three GDP number come out at 6%, which sounds pretty great if we're talking about U.S. GDP. But for China, we're talking record lows, or at least... In, in recent memory, record lows. And that's official data. Of course, the real data for a country like China is likely much, much weaker. Well, China's responded to this. Not only that, but also some other issues that they're dealing with in their markets with actually the largest injection of liquidity since January of this year. And for those that have been watching the Chinese economy and, and their markets and whatnot, January was a big month for, for liquidity injections and, and uh, other forms of stimulus. In October, yeah, it was uh, just recently they injected a very large sum. I want to say over $200 billion yuan. It's a, it's a big difference, which what I'm talking about here. But again, the highest amount they've injected since January into their repo markets, right? We're going back to repo markets here, just like with the Fed and their repo operations. China is dealing with some of their own liquidity problems. 
which they are tackling through some of the same means, injection of liquidity into the uh, repo markets. And, you know, not unlike the Fed in the United States and the dollar, they haven't been very effective. Right? They threw this massive sum of money into these markets to, to provide liquidity. And thus far, it hasn't really accomplished what they're looking for. In fact, if you look at the rates, these, these short-term funding market rates, they, they haven't really come down significantly as a result of the stimulus. So it's really up in the air what's next for China, much like with the United States, how much further is the People's Bank of China willing to go to provide liquidity and thus stimulus to the market? You know, with a recent GDP number print, it's it's feeling a lot like a game of chicken. Not necessarily a game of chicken between the U.S. and China in this ongoing trade war, but between China, the People's Bank of China, and, you know, slower economic growth and, and the specter of, of a full-blown financial crisis, banking crisis, economic crisis. And it's just a matter of who's going to blink first. Will China do what they've done year in and year out for like 10 years now and provide that liquidity, provide that credit to the system, which is so obviously addicted to it at this point? Or are they only going to provide a little bit of extra liquidity, a little bit of extra stimulus in their ongoing attempts or fantasy of a so-called soft landing for their economy? So that's sort of where they're at right now, and it, it, I don't know, it feels a, a lot like where the U.S. and where the Federal Reserve is right now as well. So, I mean, again, it's, this is to be continued. It's, it's something worth keeping an eye on for those of you that are watching this. I know this sounds like boring or overly technical or whatever, you know, this talk about short-term funding markets and whatnot, but, but understand that this is there's a good a chance as any that this is where we find ourselves in the midst of another financial crisis, right? This has a good chance of being the epicenter of this, right? Do I think that these funding markets, these whatever, are the issue? No, I think they're a symptom of a much deeper problem that, that you and I and the Fed may be equally clueless about, but it is a symptom that's to be watched. No different than chest pain is a symptom to be watched if you're worried about a heart attack, right? Is the chest pain the real problem? No, it's, it's what's causing the chest pain. But right now, I mean, the U.S., our short-term markets, as well as China, we're dealing with a lot of chest pain, and it seems to be kind of spreading down the left arm. And... And that's something to pay attention to, right? This isn't just a case of indigestion, indigestion, not a case of, of a sore muscle, something like that. No, this is this is as serious as a heart attack, and it's something to keep an eye on, even if it seems overly technical or not something we necessarily have to be concerned with. So, you know, not a whole lot to say about it other than that. I mean, I could talk to you guys, you guys here off. For, uh, for another 10 minutes. You guys know I'm good at that. <laughs> um, but this is, you know, mostly stuff I'd, I'd be repeating from, from a lot of my recent 
content and, and I'm not necessarily going to do that. So I'll let you get on with your Friday, your Saturday, your Sunday, whenever you're tuning into this. As always, though, I appreciate your guys' support. I appreciate your guys' feedback. Appreciate every one of you tuning in to listen to me talk about these sometimes technical, sometimes technical. Sorry, that's a that's an old Ford Taurus that has a loud engine in it that just revved up next to me. But uh, it seems technical, overly technical, but but so crucial to to those of us that like to think that maybe we uh, we know what's going on in the broader marketplace and and believing this all ties into precious metals. Uh, the future or lack thereof of the U.S. dollar and, and the U.S. economy and, and the U.S. government. So, as always, thank you for tuning in and God bless.